I think definitely just giving yourself grace and knowing that if every day is not perfect, if you're not the Pinterest mom or the Instagram mom every day, that's okay. Um, and just doing your best, you know, I think that it's a balance, you know, there's some days where I'm a better mom and there's some days where I'm a better business owner and that's the way it's going to be. Well, hello there. Welcome to Juggling Joy, the podcast for parents who know the juggle is real. Today's episode is with Chantelle Getz, who is an absolute ray of sunshine. She's the co-owner of Sisters Act Performing Arts in Cedar Park, Texas, which is a musical theater academy for children. Be sure to check out the show notes for their next free performances and how to get your kids involved in their upcoming productions. Chantelle and I laughed so much in this episode. We talk about mom guilt, finding balance, and postpartum Swiss cheese brain. She also shares her family's still unsolved arts and crafts mystery. Enjoy! Welcome, Chantelle. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So tell our listeners what you're juggling these days. Okay, so I am juggling being a mom. I have two boys, and they are four and 11 and a half months. So we have a first birthday coming up, which is its own juggle, <laughs> emotionally and task-wise. Um, and I also own a children's theater company. So I am a co-owner of Sisters Act Performing Arts, which is a children's theater that specializes in musical theater productions. And we're located in Cedar Park. Um, and so you co-own this Sisters Act with your sister, correct? I do, yes. So we both, um, we both grew up in upstate New York and we did musical theater our whole lives. Um, I was nine in my first musical. I did The Sound of Music. It's actually the only musical that my sister and I have done together. So she was, she's six years older than me. So she was about 15 and I was nine. And we just, I just fell in love with it. She had kind of started first and I watched her for a few years and then was ready to jump in. And um, so we had these genuine, amazing theater experiences in upstate New York. We ended up um, moving to Texas separately. She moved first with her husband, and then I moved a few years later because I love her. <laughs> we're best friends, and I missed her too much. There were other reasons, too, but that was part of it. Um, and so we just uh, kind of, we both were teachers, and so it kind of made sense to say, like, how can we marry our teaching with our love of theater and so we in 2015 we started a summer camp and it was the wizard of oz and we you know kind of begged borrowed and stole to get kids to join you know it was like that first year is so hard and starting a new business you're like do people even want this business you know to be around and so it was um, super nerve-wracking but i was a fifth grade teacher at the time i taught at cactus ranch elementary in round rock isd and so I was able to kind of recruit some of my kids from elementary school to come and um, it has just totally grown from there. So this summer we have five different productions we're putting up and we have over 170 kids signed up. We just sold out um, our Annie camp and our Beauty and the Beast camp. So we're just like 
basking in the in the glow of this growing so much because it truly is just our passion and what we love to do and just getting to see what it does for kids in our community is really special so yeah it's like that perfect venn diagram of things you're good at things people want and things that people will pay me for yes all together I, I and, wish, and things that yeah. fill your soul totally it totally is and so i wish almost like I had discovered that sooner, you know, but I, I'm very grateful that for the years I spent in public education, but I was definitely looking for something that was more flexible and um, that I could stay home more with my kids. And, um, and so I, you know, I'm really grateful that it has grown to the point where I can be home with my kids and it is, you know, a business and a job that, that occupies my time and makes money for my family. And that's really nice to, like you said, like to, to find that perfect mix of everything has been great. Well, congratulations. It sounds like you're having a really good summer. Yes. Thank you so much. We actually, it's just been, it's been an amazing year. We started with Frozen in the spring um, and we opened up three camps of Frozen, like three different um, groups of kids and it sold out in like 20 minutes. Like we were just full. And so we ended up like, we were like, okay, we're going to, you know, cap it here and then we just ended up opening up a fourth cast of kids and that filled up too. So we had four full casts of Frozen on stage in the spring. So we had 120 kids there and then to spiral into summer. And so we're just like, it's it's been really neat. And we just have to make sure that we can keep up with the juggle of running our families and running this business that is like showing us that it has room to grow, but we have to kind of figure out what that looks like. Um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of our challenge right now. Yeah, you're in that spot where you love your job. Oh, yeah. You absolutely love your job. So it's hard. I don't know how it is for you, but I'm making up that it's hard to say no when the opportunity arises. Oh, definitely. And it's it's hard to... Like, if there's a kid on a waiting list for a camp and our camp is filled up, like, I, it breaks my heart. I'm like, that could be a future Broadway star and they're on a waiting list, you know? So I just, it's so special to me to like be able to open up another camp when we fill up and to kind of keep, you know, keep as many kids involved as we possibly can. But it's definitely, there's always like a limit to what you can do. And so we're kind of trying to figure out where that limit is, where we can still um, have the amount of time with our family that we need. And like I, my baby is not even one yet. And so that's been really challenging because I'm full-time home with him. So I don't have any childcare for him. Uh, my four-year-old is in preschool three half days a week. So he is out of the house three days a week in the mornings. And then my mom does live near us and she watches my older son one day a week. So he's at least out of the house more, but my baby is always, always there. <laughs> and he's so, so sweet. And I love him more than anything. And I, you know, absolutely adore being his mama, but trying to grow a business and be a full-time mom at the same time is next to impossible. <laughs> so. Hi, Joy Jugglers, Karen here. Has juggling life as a parent left you with little time and energy to focus on you? If it feels like you've lost yourself in the hustle and bustle of daily responsibilities, it's time to treat yourself to a full hour of personalized coaching. In one-on-one -on -one coaching, you will experience space to breathe, clarity on what's truly important, and unrelenting support. 
I'm a certified professional coach with a passion for helping busy parents like you more effectively leverage their internal and external resources. I'm also an ally for queer parents and welcome you to show up to coaching just as you are. Schedule your free visioning session with me today at karenjanedewitt.co. And as a little summer treat, if you book before July 31st and decide to work with me, you'll get 15% off coaching for as long as we work together. Now, if you're used to putting yourself last, it may feel scary to take the leap, but there is nothing to lose and there's no cost to check it out. Just go to karenjanedewitt.co to book your free session. After you had your baby, how did you, when did you feel like your brain turned back on? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Like after your first baby, you're saying. Even your second. I feel like there's a period. No, you're right. Your like Swiss cheese brain. Oh my gosh. I think, I, I think the first one, it lasted longer. Like I remember with my firstborn, so we had our theater company and, and they were in the middle of doing the jungle book and I hadn't really been involved a lot because I had been pregnant and then just had my son and I ended up going to the performance and that was the first performance that I hadn't directed myself. So I had, you know, a very capable, wonderful director who had taken that project on, but I walked in to the gym and I just remember the lights were so bright and like, and there were just people talking and I was like, wait, everything else like went on without me like for months you know like I had been holed up in my house with my newborn for I don't know I think it had been two months and I just couldn't like fathom that the rest of the world had just kept going on and everything looked so bright and just it felt just that crazy you know moment where you're realizing like my whole life has changed and I just bawled my eyes out I literally like walked in the door started bawling my eyes out I had to leave like everybody was staring at me they're like isn't that the owner like you know like over there crying and I was just it was just that overwhelming moment too though of realizing that I had delegated something and it had gone well and like my business could run without me and that you know somebody else had taken the reins and made something beautiful and and there was an interesting moment in that as well so yeah so it was a little bit of shock yes <laughs> overwhelm and shock yes. and then also awe at yeah. the fact that the thing kept running it did yeah the world had kept on turning and it had kept on turning pretty well so uh, that was our first kind of foray into realizing that we could hire other people and sisters act wasn't just especially me as a director um a lot of the students that we had at the beginning were my personal students from Cactus Ranch. And so um, it was very tied to me. Like a lot of students signed up because they knew me, they wanted to work with me. So learning how to grow a business that doesn't just depend on you, um, that's been kind of a challenge, but something that has grown. And, and I think our name is big enough now to realize like, we're going to hire quality people, whether you're working with one of the sisters of Sisters Act or whether you're working as a direct, you know, under the direction of somebody else that we've hired that hopefully you're getting the same experience. Yeah. I feel like I didn't answer your original question though with the second, my second baby, the, the Swiss cheese brain. How long does oh, it yeah. last? No, you did. You okay, did. good. Yeah, you had that moment. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> my second, I feel like it didn't last quite as long like you just don't have as much time and the first one's running like a million miles an yeah. hour around your house you're like I gotta get with well, this <laughs> with the first kid you're in 
it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like you're in a weird alternate universe where there's like a a hint of you there, but you're Mm -hmm. really not there and you're just surviving. Oh yeah. (laughs) And that goes on a while, but I, I'm with you. I feel like the second one was easier. Yeah. Cause I knew what to expect. Yeah. I knew that it wouldn't be exactly the same. Sure. I think your first one, like you really, like your first child, you really lose, um, a sense of identity in yourself. And I feel like with my second child, it was more, um, it was harder on my marriage than it was on myself because now we were dividing and conquering. So like we were a team for the first one and we were both going through like losing parts of our own identity. And then the second one has been more like, let's not lose parts of our marriage while we're both like, you're taking one kid and I'm taking the other so often, Uh, especially at the beginning. You know, I think that was a weird realization for me was just, okay, like I know who I am as a mother now but what does this look like raising two? And how do I, you know, communicate better with my partner who's, you know, it is a lot of dividing and conquering. Like there's a lot of you take this one and I'm going to take, you know, a lot of times the baby. And so, and that actually goes on for a while, especially if the children don't get along that well. Yeah. Like my son and daughter, my son, he just was bothered by the baby a lot, (laughs) you know, like, He's got some sensory issues, so, like, the noise, and he's like, you're bothering me. And they never were, like, buddies. I always envied the parents who their their second their first child is the helper and like brings the diaper and brings the burp rag and brings the (laughs) bottle and is kissing the baby. My son was like, that's loud. Like, what did you do? (laughs) Why are you not paying as much attention to me right now? 100%. 100%. I'm in the exact... My, my son sounds the same. <laughs> Maybe we can get together for a play date. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my son sounds exactly the same as that. Um, he's very much... It was more... He was very self-centered in that transition, which of course he was three years old at the time. I mean, they all are self-centered at that age. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, he was very much about how it affected him and that he wanted all of my attention. And mm-hmm. yeah, definitely not the helper most of the time I'm like can you go get this and he's like no that's your job (laughs) oh okay that's very much his personality so so funny (laughs) you did this not me (laughs) I don't work for you (laughs) I don't want to ask as broad of a question as like how do you do it all because that is like a very big question but how how do you do it? Like, yeah. how are you running a business you know, and raising these children? It's been interesting because I do feel like our business has grown somewhat gradually that I'm just getting to a point now where I'm admitting to myself that I can't do it. Um, and But it grew gradually up into this point that I felt like I was able to to do both, especially like before I had my second kid, it was more doable. We were uh, hit pretty hard during COVID and like as a business, there were a lot of times where we just thought, you know, for sure, like we're not going to continue this. Like it's not going to make it because obviously nobody, 
is signing their kids up for theater camp where they can spit all over each other during a pandemic. So we had to be creative. Um, We're in the middle of Mary Poppins, like when the pandemic hit. And so we ended up switching to making a movie of Mary Poppins. And so each kid had like a monologue and a song and we, we hired a videographer and they put it all together and that worked. But we very quickly realized like people were not very interested in doing theater virtually. I mean, obviously there's so much that comes with live theater that you just can't replicate on a screen. And so, um, you know, my sister and I had several conversations of just like, is this the end for us? Like, is this a natural pausing point? Like we both were having kids and getting involved in that. Um, but it was really interesting when we came back. So in 2021, in the summer, we did an outdoor show. So that was kind of our first step back towards normalcy. Um, and so we did a completely outdoor show, which is also always really fun. It was the performances were right next to train tracks. So, um, and several trains came during the performances. So literally we're in the middle of Willy Wonka. And if a train came by, like the guy, the boy who played Wonka would come out and be like, folks like we need to pause for that train and like he would do improv like to try to engage the audience like while the train was going anyway totally hilarious like something we look back on we're like that was great but like absolutely never again will we do outdoor theater (laughs) um we never say never but still not our not our strength for sure Um, but then it started growing after covid and that's when we started realizing the there is definitely a market for this. Like the community really wants it. And so we grew into, we had two casts of kids and then it grew into, we have three casts of kids. And then obviously this spring it was four. And so we just, it slowly spiraled. And so now I'm getting to the point where nap times are not long enough to get done when I need to get done. Um, I have been known to uh, just, if my son takes a short nap, like I will just cry with him like like he wakes up crying or whatever and wants me to come get him and I I I just it's so challenging because the transitions are really abrupt so I'll get it takes you a minute right to get into whatever you're doing and I'll be answering emails or updating our website or you know working in our auditions and all of a sudden like you're just broken out of that and you know that that was your one time to do that that day because your four-year-old is coming home at noon and so the morning nap is the only time that you have time to yourself and so some days when he sleeps for two hours it's wonderful and then other days like he sleeps for 30 minutes and it's just not achievable yeah you're just getting your wheels turning yeah and then and you can't like finish even what you're doing you know there's so many times where I'll just stop in the middle of something and then I can't it just takes so long to figure out where you were and get back into it. And so um, I think I'm starting to accept my identity as a businesswoman and accept that this has, like, I am a business owner. Like, that's a phrase I probably wouldn't have said even a year ago. I would have been like, I have this really cool side job. And like, you know, and now I'm like, no, like, I own a business. I own a children's theater. Like, I'm more comfortable saying that. Um, but with that, I think comes the realization that you cannot be at least the kind of mother that you hope to be and also work full time from home. Like, and I think a lot of people before you have kids, that's something you can't, you're like, Oh, I'm going to do both. Right. I'm going to conquer both of these worlds and I'm going to, I'm a woman, I'm going to do it all. And it's just such a, a hard crashing realization of like, you really can't do it all and it's okay to ask for help. And it's, um, that's something my husband and I have been talking about 
like hiring, you know, other forms of childcare for my, my one-year-old so that there are moments in the week that I know I can count on because right now I can't count on any of the time. So other than, yeah, other than when they go to bed. So like, unless I want to just, you know, work every night and have no time with my husband and never watch a television show and get very behind on selling sunset, then I have to, you know, (laughs) then we're realizing that it will be better to, to possibly seek some help and seek something that like I can consistently count on each week. Um, Yeah. yeah. What seems like the most important thing to outsource? Something that I can't control anymore is um, like invoicing and like a lot of the admin work because obviously like, when I signed up to run at Children's Theater, you think about the kids and the choreography and the fun stuff, you know, the props and the costumes. And you don't think about the fact that like when you run a business, you absolutely have to have all of your ducks in a row of all of the non-fun things too. And I never went to business school. Like, you know, I was an education major. I had a double major in musical theater, which was not practical, but it was fun. Um, and I just, you know, I'm trying my best to apply what I have, but I'm very much learning as I go. And there's a lot of very non-fun parts to running a business. (laughs) So that I definitely would hope to outsource that. And honestly acknowledging that I need to outsource childcare sometimes that it's okay to love what you do and to want to immerse yourself in that and that doesn't make you a bad mom um and I think that that's something I like really struggle with because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom for forever I was you know that's that was the dream (laughs) was to be a stay-at-home mom for me and getting there and realizing like maybe there's a part of me that's not fulfilled doing this and that's okay um but again, that's like advice I give other people. I don't know that I've bought into it yet, but I would like to. <laughs> what was your ideal vision of stay-at-home motherhood? I mean, maybe it's just my kids, but <laughs> I like you you know, you think of it on television and I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know that as a stay-at-home mom I really thought much past infancy. Like I thought about having kids and I always pictured them as babies and I pictured them like sleeping a lot and like, you know, yes, we're going to have interrupted sleep at night, but you know, we'll nap during the day and it'll be fine. And, um, I don't know that I envisioned, you know, first of all, I have, we have a four-year-old who still wakes up at five o'clock in the morning every day and would like someone to be up with him. So every day for four years. So you don't think about that when you're about to have kids that like, Hey, goodbye to every morning sleeping in. Um, so he's just an early riser always has been every day of his life. So, um, just little things like that. I don't, you're like, yes, I'm going to survive newborn stage but there's so much beyond the newborn stage that's not always the, you know, the most fun, glamorous parts of motherhood. So, um, and just honestly, the monotony of being home all day and not having your brain being engaged. And like, when I get to sit down on a computer and have free time, like working on like a spreadsheet or an email or like, I am thrilled. My brain is dancing, you know, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, you know, applying these skills that I have and, you know, not just 
wiping noses and wiping butts and, you know, breaking up arguments and all the fun stuff that comes with it. So yeah, it's good to have that variety. Like you're, yeah. you need stimulation in your mind on all different levels. Yeah. And childcare, you know, it, it gets devalued in our society. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with devoting your life to being a mother and your, and I also think that like you discovered there are parts of you that aren't being aren't being honored or fulfilled or tended to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many days, like if it's a day that I have both of my kids, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I'll be like, I don't think that I've eaten or like even drank water today. You know, there just wasn't time, you know, I've been putting out fires all day long and you know, the kids don't care if you've eaten and <laughs> they don't care if you've taken a shower or gone to the bathroom or done anything, you know, so definitely those self-care moments are pushed down drastically when you're a stay-at-home mom. And I just think I I thought there would be more pockets of time. I don't think I understood the constantness of motherhood. The 24-7, like, you've got to have somebody watching your kid at every single moment they're awake and just like the weight of that you know because if I am doing something with my business like I have to arrange somebody to watch my children and you know my mother is wonderful and I'm so lucky to have family nearby I know so many people don't even you know have that but like we ask so much of her like I feel like I'm just constantly like can I just ask you one more favor like can you come over for 30 minutes and so it's just it's really hard to just constantly feel like you're asking for favors and asking, you know, other people to to help. And I just, I'm not good at that to begin with. So um, yeah, just circling back to like, I really think there is a, a value to childcare and admitting that it's okay to, to need that. Um, and I don't know why like we haven't done that yet. Honestly, we've gotten to a place in our family where I'm like, we probably should have done this a few months ago. And um, I think it would make us healthier for sure. At this point, I noticed some mom guilt cropping up. So I asked her, how does mom guilt show up in your life? I, my partner, is it's not his fault, but I feel guilty a lot of times in my business specifically because I love what I do so much that it feels almost like a hobby and it started almost as a hobby and has grown into a business. So I feel like when I'm doing things for my business that a lot of times I personally feel guilty that I'm taking time away from my family because I'm having so much fun doing what I'm doing and enjoying it so much that I feel like I almost have to like justify like, oh, but this is for my business. And, you know, you're, you're at home with the kids and, you know, I appreciate that you're doing that, but I know that it's more taxing on him. Like it's more time outside of his nine to five job that he's one-on-one -on -one with both kids because of the flexibility of my work. I try to make it, you know, after his job or on the weekends. And so it's not that he makes me feel guilty. It's just that I feel like he's already doing so much for our family. And now my job is kind of like adding on to his load because now he has like it's always one of us is working and the other person has the kids but none of us neither of us are getting downtime in that equation 
but I feel guilty because my job is more fun than his, if that makes sense. So, like, I'm, you know. That's not your fault. It's not. I know. You should get a better job, husband. Uh, no. <laughs> but, I, you know, like, if I'm at performances, like, I, we just had our Frozen performances, and it was four performances in one day, just back to back, and... I like live for performance day. I like mark it on my calendar and I can barely sleep the night before and I'm just so proud of the kids and I just sit in the back in the booth and I usually run the projections. We have like a big projection screen and I'm usually in charge of the projections and the lights and but I just sit back there and a lot of times I cry because I'm just so like happy and just I love there's nothing I love more than like watching children be confident on stage especially the ones that I like know their story if they started out shy or they started out you know in a place where maybe they weren't playing lead roles and now they are and I just feel so proud of them so I just sit back there and I cry and I'm so happy and I like it's like the best day ever and I just feel guilty because my husband you know I'll come home at the end of the day and he definitely did not get that like joyful peaceful, wonderful day. He's like, oh, the kids did this, this, and this. And, you know, and I understand how stressful it is to be home with both of them because yeah, I do that it. all the other days. So <laughs> definitely. So I, I think it's important to like value each other, like giving time to each other for downtime. And I also do value that like I do have more fun at my job. So it's okay to give him some of those moments of just decompression. And he's a person who like really needs that. And so you know, I try on the weekends to be like, hey, this two hours is your chunk. Like, go do whatever you want to do. And we're not great at that, but that's another thing that we've been talking about more. It's like, we need to hire help and we need to value on the weekends. Like, both of us need a guilt-free chunk of time every weekend to just be us and not a parent and not a worker and, you know, just what do we like to do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, my husband and I have had those talks as well. Because I am a very outgoing person. I like to schedule things. I'm always scheduling something with someone somewhere. And if I'm not careful, I'll be out every night or I'll be out, you know, two or three nights or I'm asking a lot of him in the evenings whenever he's fried from work. And so, however, he is not great at reaching out to his friends and making plans with his friends. Oh, so samesies. sometimes I'm like, this. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes I'm like, honey, for real, you need to call your friend, make a plan. Yeah. Tuesday night is your <laughs> night. You are leaving this house. Yeah. Sometimes you have to make the plan for them. Like I literally have texted my husband's friend and been like, so he's free Tuesday. <laughs> like, you know, yes. like you need to. <laughs> That's so funny because he loves to play disc golf and oh, cool. I happened to be, I was like scrolling on Instagram and I saw a friend of mine. Uh, he posted a video of himself pulling up to this beautiful uh, disc golf course full of blue bonnets. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh my God, he plays disc golf? does Jeremy know that he plays disc golf? <laughs> and so I sent him a message. I replied to the story and was like, hey, you and Jeremy should hang out. Yeah. They, he plays disc golf too. So then I like, <laughs> then I Little told Jeremy, maker. I was like, hey, yeah. you need to reach out to Chris. <laughs> Chris, you reach out to Jeremy. And they did. And now they go play once a week. Oh. Yeah. I don't have to like push him out the door. It's, it's a planned thing. It's okay. on the calendar. They have fun. Oh, I love that. It's great. And I love that too because... 
like it sounds like my marriage is similar, but it's like I very naturally plan things during the week and things like that. And he doesn't. I never want him to resent that I'm doing those things. Like I'm more than happy for him to also have a life. Like I think that's so important in parenthood is like you have to have some semblance of your identity before you became a parent. Like what made you happy? What are your hobbies? And so I would, I gotta find a little friend for my, I've got to be a matchmaker like you. Does your husband play disc golf? He does not. (laughs) I heard you do like improv. Yeah. Jess said you do like you did some improv games with them and I'm like, yes, I am not an improv actor. Like that stresses me out. Do you like take classes or? I did. It's funny. I still call myself an improviser, but I actually haven't done it in like 10 years. That's not true. When my son was born, I, after like maybe a year after I was like, I'm going to get back out there and see, I'm going to try to stay up past 9 PM. (laughs) And I went and did a maestro at the hideout theater and it was so hard to really? stay awake. Oh, to stay awake. I was like, the class was hard? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, Got it's, it. a, no, it's like kind of a variety sure. show, or not a variety show, it's a it's a game, improv okay. game show that's like <gasps> an elimination style show. Oh. And so it's really fun. And you get to participate like on stage in yeah. it? Yeah. And oh, it's my husband week. would love that. <laughs> and you get to sign, you sign up ahead of time and you get to do it and there's some audience interaction too. It's really, really fun. Okay, you have to give me information about that because I really feel like my husband would love... My husband likes to do improv and he, like, grew up on stage as well, but in a different... Like, I'm musical theater and, like, that's my background and his is more, like, straight theater and then also, like, acting for film. And so... Yeah, um, all three are very different Very, so different. Yeah. And so I don't have any of the, like, improv skills. That makes me break out in a cold sweat, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's... You know, people say, well, like, how can you rehearse improv? Well, that is exactly why you rehearse improv. You're really just building a muscle you're not yes. memorize it's totally different you're not memorizing lines and right. trying to get things right you're right. freeing up your mind so that when that moment comes you can say the most obvious thing yeah because you don't have to be funny you don't have to be clever you just have to do I mean it helps but <laughs> it, it does help but the more you try yes. the worse you oh are. for sure yeah you can't try too hard <laughs> my husband's like very frustratingly clever and so like I feel like he even like when we're having arguments like he just thinks so fast and I'm like wait give me a second like I need to catch up to you <laughs> so what did you just say I know <laughs> if you love a good mystery and you like arts and crafts you're gonna love this next story Tell me what kind of stuff your son brings home from school. I so he goes to a preschool that's it's very big on like outdoor time and then they but they do crafts as well. Um my son is not an artist in any way. I mean, honey, if you're listening, like you could be whatever you want to be. Um but mommy doesn't have like big aspirations for you in the art field because like he is like <laughs> he just scribbles things on pieces of paper and he's like mommy look it's a car and I'm like okay he sees potential totally totally so um my favorite project that he's probably <laughs> brought home is so um 
he was so excited about the surprise he had for me for Mother's Day. And it's hard for him to keep a surprise, like, because he's he just turned four. And so, you know, just keeping the surprise in general. And he really did keep this a surprise. Like, I had no idea what he was getting me. And so I woke up in bed on Mother's Day and um, my husband walks in with my with my four-year-old and, and he's like, mommy, I finally get to give you my surprise. And I pull out this like canvas and it's just, it's beautiful. It's a rainbow. And he painted like a rainbow on one side and then it's his little handprint on the other. And I was just immediately, you know, my tears are welling up. I'm like, that's his little hand. This is so sweet. And so I turned to him and I'm like, baby, is this your hand? And he was like, Oh no, mama, that is not mine. I did not want to do that. So that is, I don't know whose hand it is, but that's not my hand. And so immediately like my tears stopped because I'm, you know, thought I had this touching gift from my child that I'm going to like treasure forever and hang on a wall. And now I'm like, which child in your classroom's hand is this? Because <laughs> I, I mean, so we still don't know. bothered to get paint on his hand. He doesn't like getting dirty. So yeah, I, I totally buy that. So the plot thickens though, because I go in the next day and I'm like, like bless his teacher's heart for thinking that he would not immediately tell me this was not his hand because he's like very honest and just like, just be, like almost too honest. One of those kids. Um, and so I go in the next day and I'm like, Hey, like, you know, he told me that this isn't his hand, like the gig's up, you know, like kind of trying to tell his teacher, like, I think it's hilarious. Don't worry about it. You know? And she was like, no, that's his hand. And I'm like, you know, you told me it wasn't your hand. And he was like, no, it's not my hand. So we still don't know. His teacher recommended that I all like paint his hand and put it on a handprint and compare oh the God. two hands. She's like, I swear it's his, but I don't know. Like there's so, you know, she has like Why 12 kids. I don't know. And he's like, He's like, maybe mom, you know, he like almost questioned himself at that point. So now I'm like, I don't know whose hand this is. So I have to do like a, like an entire investigation. A forensic, yes. open a forensic I'm file. I'm like, are these your fingerprints? Like, I don't know. I kind of just want to frame it and just keep the story of Who's like. Who's gaslighting you? Is it right? him or is it his teacher? I don't know. But I, maybe it's just better as a mystery. So what advice would you give to parents who are struggling to run a business or work while raising their kids um, who are facing that guilt, that nagging guilt that like they're not doing enough, but they're really doing as much as possible. This is a good question because I'm a lot better about giving advice to other people, but I don't take my own advice. But if, if a friend, you know, I think like all of my friends are rock star parents and I just think like everyone I meet, I'm like, we're all surviving this. Like, this is crazy. Is your house crazy? My house is crazy. And we're all like, the fact that you're trying, you're getting up every day and you're like trying to build good humans. And, you know, despite your best efforts, they're not always making good choices in the process. Um, I, I just think giving yourself the grace of knowing, like, if you're trying at the end of the day and like you truly care and you love your kids like that is enough and not every day is going to go perfectly but if you you know look at a week or a month like you are spending quality time with your kids your kids are so lucky they know they're loved they go to bed every night knowing how loved they are and um 
I, I like I read a quote once it was like if you have you know you go to bed at night and your kids are safely tucked in their beds and you have a roof over your head like you won the lottery like that is life you know and family is life and um just knowing that you know we truly are lucky to have the problems that we do you know you're lucky to have these children to love and then have a business that's successful I mean those are those are good problems to have um it doesn't make them easier to juggle <laughs> so um I think definitely just giving yourself grace and knowing that if every day is not perfect if you're not the Pinterest mom or the Instagram mom every day that's okay um and just doing your best you know I think that it's a balance you know there's some days where I'm a better mom and there's some days where I'm a better business owner and that's the way it's gonna be and you're never gonna make everyone happy either I mean hopefully you're making your kids happy but you're never gonna make everyone in your business happy so you just have to try your best but know that at the end of the day if your kids are happy then you're doing the right thing yeah and not every day has to go perfectly without a hitch yeah every day is gonna be different you're always giving your best even if your best is like half of what it was yesterday yeah or like I even think about the days like moms are such superheroes too because like we're the ones like when the whole family's sick like the mom is gonna be the one taking care of everyone and doing like and it's just there are days like that right where you can't even get up off the couch but it's like you made it to bedtime like congratulations parenthood is literally the hardest thing ever and just some days you just make it to bedtime and you you did it. Like you have succeeded if they are safely in bed and you're ready, you know, to try harder the next day. That's all you could do. Yeah. Sometimes we overcomplicate things with what we don't have. Yeah. Focusing on that, you know, oh, so we want easy. a bigger house or a cleaner house yeah. or oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cleaner houses. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we put all of our energy on those things that we yeah. don't have, it, you're always coming from a lack or you're always coming from what, what more could it be? That's so true. Like it hits, like it hits home a lot to hear about. Like, I think my house right now is like what's neglected the most in trying to run a business and raise kids at the same time, both full time. It's like, there is just not time to run a house and keep it perfect. And so, you know, knowing that, yes, it's not perfect, but you know, when you look back 10 years from now, you would give anything to have even one more day in this life that you're living now. And I know that like, I think it's so hard to know, like you're going to miss these moments so much, like, but it's really challenging to feel so needed right now. I love being needed. I love my kids. I'd do anything for them. But it is really hard to be needed 100% of every day. And I think it's okay to like acknowledge the hardness of that while also knowing like you're going to miss that feeling because someday they're not going to need you and you would give anything to be needed. And so I think that's um, one of the things I try to like keep in the forefront of my mind. I think that it's okay to acknowledge that like not every moment is going to be like the Pinterest craft or the, the field trip to the exotic place, like sitting on your couch and watching a movie. Like those are special moments too. And motherhood is really a balance of all of those things. I think definitely just giving yourself grace and knowing that if every day is not perfect, if you're not the Pinterest mom or the Instagram mom every day, that's okay. Um, and just doing your best, you know, I think that it's a balance, you know, there's some days where I'm a better mom and there's some days where I'm a better business owner and that's the way it's going to be.
congrats! You've almost made it to the last segment of this episode of Juggling Joy. I just wanted to pop in and say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You could be doing so many things with your time right now and you're choosing to be here with me. That means the world to me. This show is so much fun to create and I hope to be able to do this for a long time. If you'd like to support the show, there are several ways to do so. Just pick your favorite one. You can send this episode to a friend, subscribe on your preferred listening platform, or leave a five-star review. You can also become a supporter of the show for as little as 99 cents a month by going to the show's page on podcasters.spotify.com, which is also linked in the show notes. If you hate this show, do none of these things and have a great day. Here's the most important question. Okay. Are you Elsa or Anna? Oh, totally Anna. I'm the younger sister, so that's easy, but also just... I definitely have like a more like like the spunkier, bubblier personality. Um, and my sister, I always call her like my real life Elsa. And she, I mean, she's she's cool too. She's fun to be around, but she also just kind of always had that like personality where she took care of me, and um, she's more a little bit more like put together than me, and I'm more of a mess all the time. So I definitely think it fits. <laughs> That's so awesome. And by the way, I did see the first cast of Frozen Junior, and it oh, was yay. so good. Oh. I loved every second of it. I took my three-year-old daughter, and she was, like, jaw open, just staring the whole time. Oh, it was yay. so great. Oh, that makes me so happy. We um, That was kind of our goal, and we, we have free performances for every single one of our shows, and it's just been like a really nice way to reach out to the community and say like hey come see like what we're doing here and what we've been working on and we have so many people who are like hey like we heard about you because of you know the free performances and you know you don't need a ticket you literally can just show up and bring your three-year-old daughter in her Elsa costume and you know and it's just so neat to hear about those moments because I really feel like theater should be accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can fly to New York and see a Broadway show. So if we can bring even a piece of that to Cedar Park, like that's so special. What's really funny is that the weekend before I saw Disney on ice, (gasps) frozen and Encanto. Oh yeah. And I took her with me as well. That was timely. Um, Yeah. And it was really moving, but my three-year-old daughter enjoyed your show just as much as she enjoyed that. <laughs> well, good. For her, it wasn't about the the glam and the flash and yeah, all of that. It was just the story yeah. and having and I, a new experience. Totally. I think too, it's neat for kids to see other kids on stage, like performing. You know, you can go to a Broadway show, or you know, we were so fortunate to have like you know, Bath Concert Hall and have so many great tours that come through. Like, I love going to all of those performances as well. Um, but there is something to be said about kids seeing other kids and saying like, hey, like, I could do, I could that. do that. Or, you know, I have at least learned like what confidence looks like. And, you know, if we can build that in, in kids, I think that's really magical. So I, it makes me so happy to hear like when people enjoy it and we have other free performances coming up. We have Annie and Beauty Tell and us the Beast. more. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, June 9th and June 10th are our Annie performances. And then, um, on June 30th and July 1st, it's going to be Beauty and the Beast. 
And then we'll even go as far as August. We also have in August 4th, we are doing um, High School Musical. And we will have our little cast of preschoolers. So we just started a preschool program. It's a four to six program and they're working on a number from Encanto. And so they'll perform their little Encanto number right beforehand at the five o'clock show. And then we'll do High School Musical right afterwards. And that's our advanced program. So um, then those will all be free performances this summer. So we would definitely love to have big audiences. The kids love having you know, a lot of people there to cheer them on and support them. So that's been a really cool part of the process. So I, yeah, I just want to underline, these are free, totally free. Yeah. And you don't need a ticket. So you literally just show up at North Point in Cedar Park and you walk on into the auditorium. There's plenty of seating. We've never sold out seating yet. Although some of our pros and performances got a little bit close. I was like, I hope we have enough seats for everyone, but it did. Um, and so that was, that was really neat. So yeah, it just come and um, the performances for Annie and Beauty and the Beast are at 5 o'clock and 7.15 on the Friday night, and then it's at noon and 2.30 on the Saturday afternoon. Something for everyone. Yeah. Come on now and enjoy theater, your own little taste of Broadway right in Cedar Park. So, And if parents have kids that are interested in, in performing, how can they look up your business? So we have a website. It's sistersactperformingarts.com. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash sisters at performing arts. And we will be signing up for fall after school programs starting in, uh, June at the end of June. So we're hoping to announce what our fall show is going to be at our beauty and the beast performances. So that's June 30th and July 1st. So that's our goal is to get fall kind of up and running and, and announce what we're going to be doing this fall because we already have so many parents asking us and we're like, we're trying to get summer up and running and, and then we're going to move on to fall. So we're really excited that everyone else is really excited. Um, I will say that our after school programs tend to sell out very quickly. So if people are interested, definitely um, join our mailing list is kind of the best way to stay updated. And that is on our website right on the main page. Um, and we, we email out there when the signup links go live and we get our crazy, crazy clickers who like, you would be shocked at how fast <laughs> these people can fill out a form. It's insane. And they, I swear they have like groups of like, like they practice their fast fingers or something. Like we have people fill these forms out in like 45 seconds and it's like several, several questions. So and we, it'll just go like, we'll open up the signups and it's just like pop, 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 pop. And it's. And then it's like sold out in three minutes. That's three minutes whenever I can't sold out in the spring. So it was insane. It's so fun to watch. Like as the business owner, yeah. I just like open it up and I'm like, oh my goodness, this That's is so fun. It's almost like trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. I mean, totally. Sisters yeah. Act performances. <laughs> Anytime that I can be compared to Taylor Swift is like, that's a good day. So yes, <laughs> Sisters Act and Taylor Swift, same. <laughs> you should do a, a, a preschool eras tour. Oh, Okay, I like this idea. We will brainstorm this after afterwards because yes, totally always open to ideas. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. This has been such a delight to talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Here's a big heartfelt thank you for listening to today's episode of Juggling Joy. You can follow the show on Spotify to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Karen Jane DeWitt. I'll see you around. 
kids do you have? So I just have, I have two kids, two boys. Um, they're four and almost one. Oh yeah, you already said that. Yeah, I know, it's totally fine. We're just... <laughs> we're delete! Uh, I was like, I can say it in the new fancy way. Yeah, no, but like, how many kids do you have? <laughs> 